this truly is the golden age of media entertainment. I think we are both cursed and blessed. We have everything and yet too much. That That is everything. Do you mean we have everything and yet we have nothing? Exactly. Like, there's too many good things to watch and read and consume. And we had all the time in the world and yet still didn't consume enough. It's like, I used to always feel this way as a book reader. Because no matter how many books I read, I'll never read all the books that I ever want to in the world. It'll never happen. But I had a feeling like maybe I could catch up on all the movies I'd ever want to see, maybe all the television I'd ever want to see, and yet that's not it too, because now you can put musicals on streaming services, and now I really never will get caught up with anything, because the only thing I ever saw live was Fen of the Opera, and if that's my only musical experience, I need more on my streaming sites, but I'm never going to be able to watch them all, because they're three hours long, and you, do you see where I'm going with this? Like, I, it's too good, and I hate it. You mean you'll never be satisfied? <laughs> I really wasn't. Stop it. No, I really wasn't planning that. I'm but never. But that was good, right? It was really, really good. Like, yeah. That was really, really spot on, babe. Like, yes. Like, She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. That was not what we had planned in the slightest. No, but it was good, man. Like, I'm. you didn't throw away this shot. So let's talk about the plug party. You can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. You can email us at Married to the Idea Reviews at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to us in any other way or see the episodes we've done before, learn a little bit more about us, you can visit our website, marriedtotheidea.weebly.com. As always, we have episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes every other week, as well as our weekly uh, chill appreciation fan cast, Keep Beach City Quarantine, where we talk Steven Universe live on television so you can see see what we look like live on facebook live on facebook yeah. live on camera uh it's, we uh, we apologize that this that was late this week so um but we actually have someone in the uh recording studio yes our expansive so professional recording studio yeah that's why liz sounds like she's talking in a well <laughs> we have uh someone here who's going to help us today because as you saw we are talking hamilton baby and aaron and i are complete noobs have never seen it okay so i will speak we're for noobs for hamilton that's what i meant you know hold your tongue i like musicals theater nerd over here baby so that's what we've got a really good thing here we've got a dance nerd we've got a theater nerd we've got a music nerd i think we have a great compilation yeah. of people here in the studio here today but we have like, someone who goes who goes and spends their weekends in you know 90 degree heat to you know, for Ren fairs and shit for like that. For the old Renaissance Yo. fair. <laughs> Only Yo. my husband and a bunch of other amazing, Rain crazy Rain people. But no, we needed someone who's been here before, who can lead us through this, who can give us all the stuff, because we know that you know, dear listener, that you know everything about Hamilton, but we don't. So we're going to jump right through all that, have someone who knows what Hamilton's all about, so we don't talk about things that, of course, everyone knows. I think you've hyped her up enough. Sarah, why don't you say hi? Hi, everybody. Uh, Sarah, first time caller, long time listener. Sarah, you've never been on the podcast before, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, why you are so uniquely qualified to speak Hamilton with us? So I am a musical geek through and through. 
Um, I saw my first Broadway play when I was 15 years old, Beauty and the Beast. Liz will love it. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And since then, I've gone on to see so many other off-Broadway shows in Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, wherever, um, including Hamilton back in January when it went to Nashville, and it was fantastic. Was the uh, Beauty and the Beast, was it the original Broadway? It wasn't the original. It It wasn't the original cast with uh, Susan Egan and... which I would have. It was have, on a Farragut band trip. Oh, uh, I would have died because uh, Susan Egan, who plays Belle, is a big time voice actress now. Like mm-hmm. we just mentioned, the Steven Universe. I wouldn't have been able to tell you who was in that show at all. No, at but point. she plays she plays yeah. Belle. So like, if you go yeah. back and listen to the original and also recording, Megara from exactly, Hercules. yeah, yeah, same uh, same person. So, uh, but yeah, she's on Steven Universe as a, a pretty yeah. notable We're in character. Love with her voice. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool. Beauty and the Beast was actually one of the shows that I got to see. I say just Phantom, uh, but I did go see Beauty and the Beast when we were in New York. So I have seen that one on Broadway, quote unquote. Oh, too. I've never, I've, I've never been to New York, uh, which I actually am very uh, regretful about. Uh, so I've never got to see a Broadway musical on Broadway or even off Broadway. I have seen Broadway style productions, uh, uh, you know, that have come through town or in uh traveling productions uh we got to see uh the adams family musical when it came through knoxville which was actually really really good and then um i got spam to spam a lot spam a lot we did go see spam a lot which was hilarious and then we got to see uh or i went with uh your brother to go see wicked down in atlanta yes and i did so get to i did get so to wicked good. up in new york too so that was oh, i have to ask jealous. was it with adina Nah, not with adina <sighs> less i know i know like again we're so late i don't to the think party. we could have been friends after that <laughs> if you had aaron's related to adina Menzel. no i'm not related <laughs> my my cousin knows her like is good friends with her which is cool. A cool yeah. a cool I, I have I, I I have had correspondence with her, but like before Frozen. She she had finished her per her run as um Elzaba. Elphaba. Elphaba, sorry. Um I was only one letter. Um You weren't far off. Yeah. I was only one letter off. I I think she had just finished her run and um she uh was actually in London at the time. Um, she was uh, working on a production out there. I don't think she had gotten cast in Rent. Yeah, that was there was a little bit of a gap there. Yeah, um, or she like she was working in getting into Rent, or she was on the London production of Rent, one of the two, or something like that. Well, Sarah, what did you think when you saw it live? Like, did you know? Like, I, that's the Hamilton thing is so strange to me. It's a musical that no one could go see for the longest time, yet everyone knew everything about it. Can like you so, speak about that? So it's because it's American history. So people know the storyline of it and how it's going to actually fall into play. However, everybody had the soundtrack because Broadway releases their soundtracks, which is awesome. Cool. I personally did not listen to a single song before seeing Hamilton. So I knew the storyline because it's in our history books. We learned it sophomore year of high school. But I completely went in open-minded, had no idea. I didn't learn that it was wrapped the entire time until about 15 minutes before the show. I learned that there was no speaking parts or anything like that. I was like, I don't even know how my mother's going to sit through this <laughs> with it being completely wrapped. It's almost an opera at that point. If there are no spoken words, it's technically an opera. But That's it's a stretch. Well, sorry. <laughs> 
Fair enough. It's a rap opera. It's it's uh, not a traditional musical, and it's definitely not just a play, um, which I definitely cannot recommend to my father, um, who does not like musicals. He's not like just anti-musical. He just doesn't like singing um, in plays. We tricked Aaron's father <laughs> into going to go see Frozen at the movie theater during the holiday season <laughs> by telling him, "No, no, Jim, it's not a musical. No, it's it's just it's just an no, animated uh, film. Uh, they don't oh, no, sing it's just every the other." Every other Disney film like, has he, music. Has like, one. yeah, we. He should have known. He should have seen. Yeah, for coming. first five minutes, they're singing, and he like leans over to like I think you were sitting next to him, Liz, and my mom was sitting next to him, and like he lean. I remember him leaning over to my mom and like, is this a musical? And she goes, no, no, no. And then like the second song starts happening, and he goes, I think this is a musical. No, no, no. It's just. A little bit of singing here, hon. I'm just laughing. Yeah, and under Liz my and Liz like leans back over to me and she's like sniggering. I'm like, what? And she's like, your father. <laughs> he knows. He's figured it out. Oh no. Knows too. Uh, so before we really, I know we've already kind of jumped in, but Sarah, do you have any like social media or anything like that you want people to follow? This is usually the point where we ask people. Uh, I mean, you can follow me on Instagram, Pippi Piccolo, P I P P I E. P-I-C-C-O-L-O. Is there any, like... Uh, it's adorable like, pictures of her child. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, exactly. like... It's pretty much of my kid. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did he, does he have his own page? I, for, I forget. No, no okay. Um, yeah. I couldn't remember, because I know, like, our friends have uh, their own, their own A page. A baby page devoted so they can just... Oh, I was going to say for Moose. <laughs> oh, dog, yeah. there's yeah. Moose, moose on the loose. You know, so. your baby's like a dog, right? You have your own Instagram yeah. page. Yeah. Yeah, like you're a dog no, mom, just, but for humans. He just took over my Instagram. It's cool. Yeah, yeah it's we're all cool. good. He's the he best thing to show. It, so we're good. <laughs> uh, but the uh, it, I we always get that opportunity, so I figured I'd, I'd still I'll you know. I'm pretty sure that that's my handle anyway. We'll find out when people can't follow me later. Oh my god, she! I just loved her so much. Why can't I follow her? <laughs> um, I, I don't know why I gave our listener a lisp. I really don't know. Um, you give everybody a lisp, it's okay. So uh, let's talk about Hamilton like we haven't been already. Um, Liz, what did you think? First impressions. Watching it to start, a lot of the really famous songs are front-loaded in this musical. As in most of the ones that I knew of just by phrases. I'm not throwing away my shot. Like all these little ones. I'm like, okay, I know that one. I've heard that one before. And I'm not sure if it was because I was expecting it or wasn't excited, like, in that way. But I'm like, okay, musical number one is done. Okay, cool. Number two, done. Cool. Number three. And it didn't, and it was not until the fourth or fifth musical number, when we, uh, even after we meet the Skylar sisters, uh, that the whole musical took off for me. Because until then, I was thinking, well, this isn't really, like, pulling me. It's not grabbing me, grasping me. It's cool, but it's not hitting me until that particular song and then suddenly i was pulled along for the ride so by the end highly enjoyed it i have so many thoughts and ideas and questions about it still but i overall really enjoyed it um yeah i i have to agree um i remember um it uh, speaking of wicked um, I think it took me defying gravity to really be like sucked in. I enjoyed the first half getting to introduce, getting introduced to these characters and everything like that. Um, but defying gravity, you know, being the showstopper that it is, it was like, Oh, this is such a big moment. This is huge. This is huge. And it's like, okay, 
I'm into it. I, you know, I want to be in it. Um, the that's a long time to wait till the very end of the first act. Yeah, but I'm I like watching plays. I like watching musicals. I can get into that stuff. Like, you know, Spamalot. That was just fun. It, like, I didn't get into Spamalot the same way I got into Hamilton or you know anything else. Um, I think I'd have to look at the song order, but it was either before the King's Message. Or it was uh, my shot, you know, not gonna lose my shot. I think my shot was probably where it drew me in, because it draws you in pretty quickly, and but it's a very fast paced musical, and and for two and a half hours, you're like, like I remember we were getting close to you know the intermission. I'm like, it's only halfway done. What the fuck still is going to happen? Like I was like, I was so starting much to get, more. Yeah, I was like, I was getting a little bit of anxiety. I'm like. So much has fucking happened, but I the I think what really uh, just absolutely uh, struck a chord for me was the you know you'll be back uh, the king the first King George song was absolutely like I'm in. He just draws people in. It, it it's a great moment like it's a great song. It's it was well uh, well done, but it's also uh, coming from a theater standpoint. It's a great way to have like transitions happening and like people to run backstage and do costume changes and everything like that because he's literally the only person on stage and like like I'm thinking like that's a plum roll right there. That is a gr- great way to do that. Well, with Hamilton, there wasn't too many costume changes either, though. No, for the most part. but like every time they're the like stage minimal, the dressing minimal, yeah. the costumes Props, minimal, yep, minimal, yeah. like, everything was, and I'm and it's like you don't realize it. But it really, really, it really works. works. Yeah, uh, Sarah, you've seen it live in person and three times since it's come out on Disney Plus this week. Uh, do you like it at all? I don't know. No, I can't I tell. No, nah, it's not my fave. You know, <laughs> I definitely didn't watch it two days back to back. That's for sure. Absolutely not. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> okay, so so what was like your thing when you saw it? Like, ah, oh, here's where I like it. So so as soon as the stage moved for the first time for me, the revolving stage. That's what drew me in. I've never seen any kind of stage production that has a revolving stage constantly through the show. Sure, there might be like a scene here or a scene there that has carousel for for like one scene did have a rotation when we saw it done scat. I'm like, oh, that's cool because the carousel was tilted and would spin, but that was yeah. not integrated yeah. throughout the entire thing. No, not like this. This it is just like. Makes co- choreography like the appreciation of the choreography so much more in depth there there was so many there was so many times when like the stage are you talking about like the the rotating part Mm -hmm. of the stage yeah when they would do that i'm just like the amount of rehearsals and the amount of just absolute almost split second timing that they had to have for this stuff was amazing like i'm thinking about the backstage crews yeah you can't even practice that like just anywhere either it has to be on the stage where the stage exactly you can practice the moves a little bit but you to do that rotation shit yeah one of the actors had commented that it was basically they learned the choreography once you added it to the stage though you basically had to relearn it because you're passing different people at different times and and everything don't hit each other yeah gosh there's so many times you get 20 people on a stage and you're all supposed to dance and not hit each other and now the stage moves underneath your feet and like in the way it moves too it's concentric circles like sometimes the uh circle in the middle doesn't move sometimes it rotates the other way sometimes it rotates the same way it's 
amazing. It's a, it's a feat of st- uh, uh, of stage building and stage production. That's precision stage hands. I think like everyone. Uh, I want to know how mark. they did it. Like if it's a if it's a like a robotic thing. If they had like a joystick and they're just like slow. If it's like a rotation thing, or if they like they had timed it out and it's um like a where they pressed a button and they know like okay for this song number it's this and like like they timed out okay it's you're gonna it's going to rotate to the right for at this speed for this many seconds and then it's gonna stop I don't know. or it's gonna slow or it's gonna stop or something like that so could i'm be, I'm sure it could be one guy's job just to sit there <laughs> with, the, with a little turner <laughs> or a bunch of people underneath <laughs> with like bars like wait stop guys stop <laughs> we went too far <laughs> We're never going to make it. Quick, go back, go back. King George Saul got on stage. What happened? We're rotating everything. Uh, and King George stole the show. The man <sighs> produces vast quantities of saliva in his singing. And I don't think you would catch that if it wasn't recorded on a camera right up in his face. So I don't think I would have ever noticed I that. I don't think he sings like that all the time, though, because I did watch him on Glee. And, like, I know they probably would have edited that out or stuff like that. But he had a lot of close-ups on Glee, too, and it didn't. I feel which, like... Which uh, which actor? Jonathan Groff, the king. Oh, he was on Glee? Yeah, he was Leah Michelle's love interest from the rival school. Jesse St. James. What a name. Wow. Right? Did not I'm know going, that. I'm going... That's my uh, pseudonym for my I know, romantic novel. I like Jesse St. James. On Glee, so there you go. <laughs> but I feel like he added that... Two, like he's on stage for like nine minutes total throughout the entire two and a half hour show i feel like he added that as like this way to draw you in because like you want to hate the king because he's not american and he's like trying to keep us over there and all yeah, that he's stuff also the like but, antagonist in the revolutionary yeah, war yeah, exactly but i feel like he added so much he learned how to con- draw the audience in and when With the spittle flies, so when he like loses his mind halfway through one of the songs, and, and he just like and no, screams, the subject. <laughs> yeah, and it just flies off his mouth. I'm like, there it is. I mean, that's Andy Circus spitting when he talks as Gollum. Like, I get it. I get the draw. Um, I actually just saw because uh, uh, Liz and I uh were looking at a ton of Hamilton memes. I'm like, now I can now, understand these. We understand them now. They're all so funny. Um, but the uh, there was one. It's like. Uh, it was the guy who played Jim Gordon in um the Batman. Uh, Gary Oldman. The, Gary Oldman. Thank you. Uh, he uh Gary Oldman was talking to Matt LeBlanc in Friends. He's like, you have to enunciate, and when you enunciate, you spit. And literally, it was showing poor Jonathan Goff doing that in you know the in I don't Hamilton. Think I've seen that one yet? That's and, great. And it's like, oh yeah, that and like. I uh, I definitely like had to run uh to Guitar Center this evening and I'm like singing along. I I listen to You'll Be Back over and over and over and over again. Just on repeat. On repeat. It's, it's one of the few songs that you can actually remember the words to without having to look at them cuz it's not rapped. Yeah. It's it's that one of the more That was my first one that I like sang loud and clear because I understood the words. The it, first time I heard it. It's one of the few traditional musical numbers in this whole thing. It's not like a rap and a song. Because mm-hmm. um, like even if you look at like Leslie Odom Jr. songs, they're still partially rapped. Yeah. Um, there, I think there's like three or four that are actually truly sung from start to finish. Yeah, I would say one. Eliza's stuff and um, King George's stuff. And then um, maybe a little bit of 
uh, Angelica stuff. Not all of it. Maybe like, like um, Rewind. Theodosia, one, two, where they're singing to their babies. Yeah. yeah. And oh, oh. the voices are so good. Yeah. Gives, gives me goosebumps every single time. All right, here we go. So we're, here's what we're going to do. Favorite character and favorite song. <sighs> we're going to round robin it. Um, since I was the one who thought of the idea, I will start first with favorite character. I want to get into this later in the second half of the podcast, but um, just for like stealing the show, I do love uh, the dual role of, uh, gosh, our uh, our our uh, president who came back from France, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas, Lafayette. thank you. So he plays both Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and I love his Lafayette. pimp walk as he comes back across the sea. Uh, then I played George Washington. What a beast! Great great acting but i think my favorite character just for what i want to talk about later is eliza i think i really resonate with her story most i get it her stuff was the most emotional to me and i feel like it's intentional in that way so she was probably my favorite character sarah who's your favorite character did you say what what your favorite song was no we're gonna do that next we're we're talking characters first okay okay. so as like little side characters, and Peggy is my favorite, <laughs> but she doesn't really have a song or a song of her own, so I wouldn't like. Claim That's still that. a fun character. Yeah, That's just God, so good. Um, I can definitely agree to the Lafayette and and Jefferson because his little like little one liner digs during other people's raps, like where you been, uh, France. France. <laughs> like that's it was improv too, which is even better, and it just stuck in the show. Um. <laughs> Uh, flowers, chocolates, promises you don't intend to keep. <laughs> yes, all of those things. Um, that's a tough one to be honest. Honestly, like King George has been like my try and true. So like I'm gonna have to stick with that one for my favorite, even though he only has like a couple songs. Um, he appears to be the most memorable. I get it. It, it is do. a memorable thing, and it's only because I've had a crush on him for you know 15 years. It's cool, no biggie. <laughs> um, but that was uh, stunt casting for you. <laughs> um. I'd say, like, technical-wise, it's a toss-up between Aaron Burr and um, oh, the Hercules Mulligan. Like, both of those, like, their rap skills just draw you in. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, gets me right to the core. You told me the coolest story that uh, the man who plays Hercules Mulligan is a dual role. Again, all these actors having mm-hmm. dual roles as they go. Very common in, in shows. And he comes uh, out afterwards as Madison... And he has this uh, affectation where he has this handkerchief always at his lips and, you know, like coughing. And if you hadn't told me that he actually was getting sick mm-hmm. on stage during this and this was to cover his sick, I would have thought, oh, what a great yeah, affectation was... for Madison. I know. I thought it was part of the show as well. It was so convincing then, when he coughed. And then I saw somebody say that and I was like, that makes so much more sense why he's just holding a hanky. <laughs> All right, Aaron, give us one. Give us one we haven't said yet. Oh, man. Okay, so... Oh, favorite character. Yeah. Favorite favorite character. Give me favorite, favorite actor or actress if you want instead, like, because I think we're playing a little like bit on act- favorite actress. And actress actor. then is Angelica. I love her. Her voice. Oh. <laughs> She's had years and years of experience, and it it shows as well. Yeah, it was fun to have Sarah there listening in with us because she could tell so many things musically. I can just say. 
oh, she has a good voice. But Sarah can, like, lean in and say, and here's the training that she received, and here's how complicated this thing is to do, and here's how they're harmonizing so well. Now, I want to just point out, I did not talk through the entire movie while they watched it for I the will first be, time. I'll be so clear. I did sing a there was little, a little I heard singing every now and then from the back. I couldn't help it. I don't, I don't she actually, blame you. She actually told her husband, Keenan, like, shh. I did, sh- I did hush him up because... Oh, I shushed Aaron. He was opening a plastic package or something, and I slapped him. <laughs> No, it was something like underneath my feet, and I was trying to move it, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Crinkle, I'm sorry. crinkle, crinkle. It's the Chinese food. Those darn wonton wrappers. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I might go a little different and either say uh, Aaron Burr, Leslie Odom Jr., sure. um, or Chris Jackson as George Washington. Ooh, that, yeah, Those that are both so incredible good. performances. Um, it's hard to be. Uh, the, both of these characters, like Leslie Odom Jr., is this like very flawed character, and um, he plays it incredibly well. He's almost the narrator. He is he, the narrator. He, he is the narrator, yeah. but he's also the villain, which, but antagonist. The villain that history has portrayed yeah. him as. Yeah, like who's going to tell your story? And unfortunately, the story has become this. But like this play is trying to show like there were some things in between the two of them. So um, in how they portrayed George Washington as not the all knowing, all right, not like, all right, like all a L L space, right. Um, or always right. Uh, George Washington, as we always like to kind of, especially as kids, we like to think of him as more of a idol as than less of a man. I found the show to be very idolizing of George Washington. Not that he was not human, but I feel like it really showed that as a man who could have had the power of America and become a king in his own right to step down and say, nope, I'm t- it's time for me to just the enjoy my life. The way they allowed him to step down like changed my perspective of George Washington because you don't even think about that like in the history books. Yeah, they wanted him to do. They you actually wanted him to terms. do at least. Of course, he was done being president. Yeah. But they wanted him to do four terms, and because yeah. uh, they, it was similar to like how senators yeah. and congressmen do, um, or uh, whoever actually does four terms. Um, they wanted it to be similar to that, mm-hmm. but um, he he decided no, I only want to do two terms. Um, so that's why he, that was a big reason why he stepped down because he didn't want to become another king, another tyrant. Exactly. Um, plus there was a lot of people feeling like he was already kind of leaning that way anyway. So, um, but I, like how they, can you even imagine a president, any president from your lifetime stepping down, like in the middle of their term just being like, okay, it's time for somebody else. It's not, I, it's bye. Bye. No one. I mean, I didn't think a pope would do that, and here we are. Well, that's 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 what the king says. I did not know that you could do that. That was, that was something. One that could was do. something <laughs> someone could do. Huh. Um, but I did like their performances, uh, especially. And um, Sarah, you mentioned that Chris Jackson, who plays George Washington, um, was the Moana's father. He was the singing voice. Yeah. Okay. Because in Disney, sometimes our acting voice. That was a Keenan fact, actually. I didn't double check (laughs) that. Yeah, he's he's the singing voice. He's not. He's not the uh, chief Tui. Yeah, chief Tui. He's not the acting voice. That's a different actor. Um, But it's. um, But I would say either of those two, um, because I really liked uh, Leslie Odom Jr.'s performance in um, in this, because that's that's a lot 
to have to encompass, even in two and a half hours, like as an actor, you're always wanting a meaty role. You're wanting that. You you don't want to just be like the one note, like the the lead character, or um, or it's always fun to be the comedic character, like George Wash or sorry King George and Peggy and and Peggy. <laughs> But that Peggy role was super small. It's really cool yeah. that that actress was also um, the uh, mistress, the side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the um, that those roles are they have wink behind them, and I think that's also a testament to you know Lin Manuel Miranda. But the fact that this role is just so massive start to finish he's not one note he's never the same note he has ups and downs he has character growth and regression all in two and a half hours and leslie odom jr does it in an amazing way and and, and like I'm, I'm not going back and saying oh i'm picking him over the uh the, you know george washington they're both incredible performances so that's why like I have to go kind of a mix between the two. Well, Sarah was talking to me about how the idea that if you stand for nothing, uh, then what will you fall for? This theme that no one knew what Burr stood for, and that was a threat. Um, they, it kind of gets played throughout the entire musical, and I guess I'm just wondering, like, do you think that's the right call? Is it better to be a person who wait and sees at the risk of waiting too long than to be a person who is so bullheaded in their ideas that they don't stop to breathe for a second and write like they're dying. Like, what do you think is the, the true... Why do you write like you're running out of time? Yeah, what's the true nature? What should be the thing that we are looking for? Because I think they both have faults, to be honest. They do. Um, well, I asked Sarah. I want to know her thoughts on this <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Jesus. Jump on my gun here. <laughs> she, she just paused for a moment to color collect her thoughts <laughs> i did well i was really trying to think because like i could see it going both ways like why one way would be better than the other but i would have to lean more towards actually saying what you believe in because if you're just like sitting there bearing it down like no one's gonna know anything and then you could come out here and be like a complete 180 of what people were imagining you to be yeah. i think imagining is the key word right there too because you're just going to make up stories in your mind of what you think they believe. You'll project yourself onto them. Yes. If they don't say anything, you could say, oh, they must be for me. I haven't heard them directly contradict exactly. it. I see. I see. Okay. I d it definitely plays it. The play plays it like that is the bad thing to do. That mm -hmm. to wait and see is not the way to live a life. That to just go for it is the way to live a life, even if it doesn't end out really good sometimes that's one of hamilton's like last lines too though was well not last lines but in the last few songs when he picks jefferson jefferson has beliefs burr has none like it it plays out into it just destroys a, a perfect final and, word and Leslie, oh his his, his face look oh. of just sheer shock that he chose jefferson over him too was beautiful like, yeah, because he was so really sure that he was going to yeah, pick him. Exactly. Well, they both were. If you saw Jefferson's face right before he picked him, Jefferson was like, "Well, I'm yeah, I'm not going to pick me." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, I want to hear some factoids and trivia because not only do we have Aaron who is oh my IMDb so god, but Sarah has pulled a few choice nuggets to bring to the table, and I want to hear some of them. Um, I think a character that definitely gets um, kind of shadowed until you watch it for the second time, which you both need to do, <laughs> um, is the bullet. And people don't think of the bullet as a character, but she she dies in the very first couple of scenes um, in one of the British. Uh, yeah, yeah she's like talking. it's like, yeah, yeah. like, uh, like slits her throat very, or breaks yeah, her neck. Something like that. Um, and then she comes back. And she interacts with everyone who dies before they die. So, like, literally, like, Philip, Alexander Hamilton's son, is flirting with her right before his duel and stuff like that. And she's the one at the duel grounds, always leading, I guess, the um, the company line and stuff like that. But she's literally the one to shoot the bullet out of the gun to transfer it to another character. It's cinematic. It's a directorial thing. Like, I can think of movies where when a character's about to die, they have an X somewhere in the scene beforehand. So you can say that if you look at it, oh, you knew the character was marked for death because of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, I know you would know it the minute I brought it up. Shoot. Uh, uh, the Departed. Co-op? Yeah. Are you a co-op? I'm not a co-op. Are you a co-op? Uh, the Departed. Uh, every time there's an X uh, right before uh, a... Like, the, an act appears before a character is killed. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's um, it's a uh, and when you pointed that out, because I kept seeing these like little things pop up about this character, the bullet, and I have no idea what you were talking about. Like until you pointed it out to me, I'm not sure I would have caught it. And that's something I wouldn't have caught. I like I knew to look for her, I but I thought she. S- I know that's why I wanted to say it during the time because I knew you guys wouldn't watch it again before recording. Yeah. So we need so to know. We I was like, you guys now. need to look at this person. I, uh, person. like <laughs> when I saw, when whenever I first saw like the theory or first saw the thing about it, I thought it was this whole subplot about, um, this girl, like getting killed within like the, the background. I thought that was like the whole, the whole thing of it. So, um, I don't know why, because I didn't read it. Cause I wanted, I knew I was going to watch it with you guys. Um, so I was like, I don't really know. Like no spoilers. I, yeah, Five exactly. Five years no later, but no spoilers, please. Well, I didn't know anything about this Again, besides the music. And that's so. why it's hard to be a spoiler for a history show. Like, <laughs> like you know the storyline, but you don't know the underlying stuff that was going on, and that's what they're trying to bring out for for the world to see, or yeah. at least the U.S. I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I, I do like, um, I do like that. I think that's uh, that's a really. It, it adds an extra layer, and I like when stories do that. Like, um, Knives Out, you know, with the whole the whole thing with the, the movie prop and knives and stuff like that. Like, how it's brought on early enough that, you know, I don't... Have you seen the movie, Sarah? What movie? Uh, knives Out. Oh, no. I didn't know that was a movie. <laughs> okay. Um, I won't reveal anything, but there's Sarah's this whole a thing about mom. We will forgive everything and anything for no, her. No, I'm, I'm not a movie buff. My husband watches enough for all of us. <laughs> that That is very true. So normally, if I don't know it's, a movie, it's, it's, a really, it's true. <laughs> it's special to have Sarah on because normally she wouldn't be interested in any of the things we discuss, except this. This is very much up for Allie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it It's discussed early on about um, the difference between like 
a movie prop and a real knife. So and and it's it pays off in a really big way. It's so. a Chekhov's gun. Yeah, if it's but you don't about, even really realize you it. You forget so. that it's there. It, um, this uh, this movie is like a return to form for like the um, Agatha Christie novels and stuff like that. Hey, you remember her actual name? Because I w- in my head I'm going Angie Dickinson. <laughs> Every time he calls Agatha Christie Angie Dickinson. <laughs> So um, I guess let's do the favorite songs then, and then we'll jump into well, the sponsor the, dome. Yes, sounds great. Uh, we'll start again with Sarah, because Sarah, you're going to pull up a list of all the songs. Cause oh, I, I just did. Oh, <laughs> oh good. All of us with phones are going to do that, and I'm going to crib off of all of your notes. So are we going favorite song by that character? No, no just favorite no. song oh, okay. in general. In the show, like, what is my I favorite gotcha. song? I think Ooh. I think we have to discount You Belong to Me, because I feel like... You'll be back. You'll be back. Sorry. It's a breakup song. It's okay. It's a, it's a bitchy <laughs> ex-boyfriend saying, you'll be back. Don't you worry. I'll, but don't come crying to me. Uh, I think we just have to exclude that, because we're going to all pick that, so we have to pick something else. <laughs> um, I like It is really hard to pick a favorite. There's so many. There's so many. Um, I'm going to break mine down into two different ones, actually, for... The the Dear Theodosia has just the most beautiful just voices singing that song, and I love it. And it's not rap or anything like that. It just breaks down, and it's just raw, and I love it. As far as more, like, upbeat Well, you told me something. What was, what was it about Leslie Odom Jr. and his... So, during the Dear Theo- Theodosia, whenever um, Lin-Manuel Miranda started singing, he would bow his head and actually pray for his unborn daughter at that time. So during the show's run, he had prayed for her, his daughter like 200 times or so. And that I found out on, there's a Disney plus extra. Um, and it was like Hamilton. I don't even remember the name of it. I just saw Hamilton and I said, okay, I'll watch this too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Yes, up. It's like 45 minutes and it's um somebody interviewing a couple members of the cast, but it's, it's really awesome. They've got a historian there too to see like how accurate and accuracy and everything lined up like that. Yeah, there's there was actually a lot that didn't line up because they want you to dig further, but it made a better story for the show. Yeah, so, yeah, like it's not. But just it's the not sh- like make or break. Like how dare we? Yeah, it's like it it's way. not just the Schuler sisters. It's the it's the Schuler. No, we say Schuler because we watch Schuyler. it with subtitles, and it's Skyler. And Schuyler, every sorry. time I and read so it, King of the Skyler <laughs> sisters, that is my all time favorite song of the thing because they're bringing back the women. You're looking they for were, a mind at work. Yeah, looking for a mind at work. But it's whenever you know they write the sequel, they're gonna write the women into it, and that line just oh it resonated and i was like all right it's 2020 let's go here <laughs> let's we go go we gonna do it so um, skylar sisters was hands down the where they go and peggy <laughs> and peggy uh because that 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 um that timing of and peggy always like, kind of rem- not always it reminded me a lot of the uh the roommate song from wicked the my roommate seems to encompass a lot of little, and then she had the like uh, real high, 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 and then blonde. <laughs> oh, what is that? Um, loathing. Loathing. Yeah. Unadulterated loathing. Yeah, yes. That's yeah. <laughs> I Which? Like that one. Uh, okay. Uh, so I'm gonna say this for everyone to hear. You know, all five of our listeners. Um, uh, six this week. No, six this week. <laughs> oh, seven with Keenan. So yeah, uh, everyone's here now. Uh, Keenan doesn't have ears. Okay. Release. The Idina Menzel and Kristen Chenoweth 
version of Wicked, you cowards. On Disney Plus. It, uh, it doesn't Anywhere. matter. I Just release it. Just release it, because that's what we need to see next. Well, we know there's a market now. Because you'll get all your Disney fans for Well, there's a streaming service. They just don't put the well-known shows on there. Yeah, if they, they brought a couple of the well-known it. shows, like that one. I would that buy one. that subscription in a heartbeat. Me too, especially after watching Hamilton. Like, I'm kind of it enjoying the shit. This yeah, year, it gets you pumped. This yeah. year's going to do that. Eventually, they're going to have to say, well, the only way to make money is I to know release they've the done stuff it. we've got. I've seen the video from it. Mm-hmm. I know they've done it, because that's how I got introduced into Wicked. In the first place, because that's how I found out about the song in the first place was like I uh, uh, was in Regal and walking into the theater or something like that. And they were like, I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Wicked. I'm like, huh. Interesting. And then I didn't think about it for years. <laughs> uh, what about you, Aaron? What's your favorite song? I have to go. Um, it's a tie between. Um, um, I just had it satisfied mm. with angelica just absolutely bringing it um and sarah you're gonna have to um you're, you're gonna have to uh correct me on this uh aaron burr has like two songs almost back to back and there's one the the room where it happens is really really good but he had one, I thought it was like right before where like he gets accompanied by the ensemble and everything like that. And it's like soup. Like there's, there's, there was a couple close ups on him waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And Is that, wait for it? It, that wait for it? That's it. Those are, those will probably be my two. Be, um, because the, uh, I'm going to start with probably my second choice, but they're both incredible. Uh, wait for it with Aaron Burr with, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. Just again, turning in a powerhouse performance. Um, I remember enjoying this song and just the, uh, the buildup of the song and like for it to just drop. Yeah. It just, yeah. there's a lot of every, there's a lot going on in this song. And, but I think the reason I enjoyed it the most is because it reminded me a lot of satisfied, satisfied being like, even though we had just seen helpless and, uh, seeing Eliza meet Hamilton and uh, them going through, you know, uh, a very quick courtship and or to us and the audience, a very quick courtship. Um, we actually get to see Angelica's take of it. And man, does she turn in like you said that uh, this was her hardest uh, song to sing. This was an incredible in absolutely credible song that she like she goes, uh, she doesn't get as fast as uh, what's his name as Marquis. Um, no one can get as fast as yeah, <laughs> but she came close. Like she was in, she was awesome at this song. And like there was one part where every party's like moving backwards, and she's still kind of like singing, but like not at the same time. And like in the emotions behind it, man, it's just it's very moving, but it's a very well done song as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say probably wait for it and uh, satisfied. Well, Aaron has stolen one of my favorites because it was when Satisfied drops and rewinds and goes back to the beginning and tells it through her perspective that the whole musical started clicking for me. And I was like, here we oh, go. Oh, it's a love triangle. Oh, I see it now. But even even beyond that, that it was so beautiful and happy and great. And then it just 
pulls the rug out from underneath you and says, actually, no, things went bad real fast. There's a lot of things you don't know. And the way she counts it down, I immediately knew three things. That he would never be satisfied, that my sister I love more than anything, and that she is too kind. And she would give him to me if I asked. And I'm the eldest daughter, and I can't marry him because I have to marry for money for my family. Like, it's the, it's the way that she hits it immediately. And with the stage rewinding and all the actions rewinding, like, you literally are pressing rewind on your television and watching it go right back. That was well, I might really try good. to do that too during that scene just to see what it looks like going in reverse. It looks just like it. Like they, they dance it yeah. in a way that it looks that way. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious to know what that actually looks like playing rewind. Yeah, if it yeah, all like, lines like, up. Like, like so, does this I wanna see someone, perfect is I want to see someone take like the video of them moving and then them uh moving forward and then Line actually rewind yeah, exactly. both and like the, this is playing in in four and sorry. In regular motion. We're all and video like... editors, and this all makes sense to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... But that can't be my favorite, because you picked it. So I'm actually going to go with the one that Sarah said they were working on all the way until rehearsal. Like, the show was about to go out. This song still was not finished. They were still working on it. And it's the song. It's not sung, like, perfectly, particularly well, but it's literally the duel between Hamilton and Burr, they're about to fire and time just stops. And Hamilton goes through his life by singing a little bit of every song that has occurred up until this point again. And there's something so heartbreaking about it. It was when I started crying and I hadn't shed a tear in this entire thing until we got to this point. And we knew, we knew he was going to die. So it's not that it's the fact of literally in the opening line. Yeah. It's him (laughs) thinking about his life and how incorporating the music that's just happened to see it all play that way. For me, I think it's not even like you can't even like sing it. It's just that it has to be heard that it only happens from a man who's about to die. There's something really strong about it and i think sarah does that feed into who lives who dies who tells mm-hmm. your story it does. which is i think i would combine the two of them honestly because that's kind of like the apotheosis of the show for me that's where it all comes together why did we do this why are we here and see it, I w- it might actually be the the world was wide enough it might have led into that one which because that one's like five minutes long so i'm thinking that's where he's breaking down the entire show yeah exactly He's giving us the Cliff Notes version. I thought, uh, see, I would have thought you would have chosen Burn. It's like Olaf in Frozen 2 telling the story of Frozen. Yeah, exactly. I would have picked Burn because it has a decimating final line. But I think what I think about this show, I can't call that my favorite anymore just because of how that character grows, personally. Uh, But we will get to that in the second half because Aaron is right. It is time for the sponsor dome. (laughs) Two sponsors enter. One sponsor leaves. Aaron. Tell us about one of our sponsors. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is uh, audible. <laughs> audio, audible. Audible uh, is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Mary Do Idea and browse the Come on section. now, say it for realsies. <laughs> go to audibletrial.com slash Mary to the Idea and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Di- download a title free and start listening it's that easy. I always do that little uh, the noise. Oh, I know you do. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash idea to get started. Remember that it's T-O, not the number two. 
Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. Our pick for you this week, Why We Picked Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow uh, that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda to write the uh, musical. Uh, this is going to actually clock in at 35 hours and 58 minutes, and it's narrated by Scott Brick. Uh, historians have long told the story of America's birth as the triumph of Jefferson's dem- democratic ideals over the aristocratic intentions of Hamilton. Chernow presents an entirely different man whose legendary ambitions were motivated not by, uh, merely by self-interest, by, but by passionate patriotism and a stubborn will to build the foundations of American prosperity, of American prosperity and power. My question is: Does Rob, author Rob, Ron, Ron, does author Ron? My name like, is Ron. Does author Ron look at what happened at a guy who read his history book and said, "I'm going to make a rapping musical no. about this"? Does he look at it and no, say, "No, this is literally just a this is literally just a biography." Uh, no, agreed. He wrote this. It inspired. Lin-Manuel Miranda to write a musical. Do you think Ron ever looks at this and no, says... No, because there's actually a... Uh, hang on. Let me let me pull this up. There's actually a, tr- a piece of trivia about this. Um, Ron has no opinions. Ron. Ron Chernow, who wrote the Hamilton biography that inspired Lin-Manuel Miranda in the first place, was initially skeptical about making a musical from Hamilton's life, but changed his mind after first meeting with Miranda, who stressed that he wanted Hamilton to be taken seriously by historians and asked Chernow to help him develop the script. Chernow was said his skepticism melted the moment he heard Miranda's first song and was completely on board afterwards. He supposedly supposedly seen the show dozens of times, always as a paying customer. So that was my question. It's like, you want to do what with my historical biography now? Huh? Now what now? Huh? And then to be like, Oh, I am completely on board with this now. I'm going to go see a show 20 times. I am in love with it. It's almost like Lin-Manuel Miranda is just the greatest guy in the world. Isn't it crazy how he didn't, like... No, you know what? I'm going to save that. Uh, we have a computer, a competitor in computer? the... Computer? Spo- a computer in the sponsor I'm dome. I'm a computer. I, we have a computer. I type on the computer. Uh, we actually have our guest, Sarah, to thank for it because... Uh, Sarah came up with what we should sponsor and talk about here on the show. What we got, Sarah? So, ActorsFund.org. Um, it basically helps the actors that have been put off from this COVID crap. Ugh, I hate that word. <laughs> I know. Um, but because they're not actively what, doing crap shows. Or... You know the word. <sighs> Don't make me say it. <laughs> COVID. I didn't say it. If you, you say did, it, if you you say didn't it, make me, so it's okay. If you say it three times, you get an R rating, so hold up oh. on that. Oh, wait, that's not how that works. Pandemic? I don't know what word you guys are talking (laughs) about. Sarah, tell us about it. So it's basically, it's going to help all the actors like on Broadway and such like that um, basically continue their lives because their lives have been at a halt because shows aren't performing. They're not making money from it unless you're Hamilton and you get released to Disney+. Plus. It's a good good drift. You know, (laughs) it's a long game. Well, yeah, at least you're a good movie, and unlike Artemis fucking Fowl. Well, Disney Plus, they can't always be bad. Sometimes they're good. Uh, so, Sarah, what's that uh, address one more time? Actorsfund.org. If you want to help out some struggling actors, now's the time to do so. Big old donate button right at the top. Huge donate button. Yeah, I'd say it's probably medium-sized. 
<laughs> All right. So we have gushed and talked and discussed and faved. I, like I told Sarah beforehand, did not do any research prior to watching this and have not done any research since because I am most interested in what someone who's been in the fandom this whole time actually has to say as opposed to me doing my internet research. But I wouldn't I, say the whole time. I'd say since January. Okay, but that's still longer <laughs> than us, and you are a musical person, so I, I respect your opinion on this. Um, here's what I want to talk about. Is the experience lost when you translate something that is inherently experienced in the round to television, film, etc. Because Aaron and I watched Cats, and we've never seen Cats live, but we, are, we have been assured that Cats is a good show to go watch live, and that's why it ran for so long, that there was something to it that was completely lost in translation to I a different... never, ever watch Cats. So, it's a little bit different when it becomes a Broadway show becomes a movie, which is what Cats did. It didn't just take the stage show and put that onto their own stage. Like, if they had just their stage set up and they were just running through what they did on Cats, I've never seen it, so I don't know. I don't like Cats, <laughs> the animal or the show. You know, whatever. I think that's a Gilmore Girls reference, isn't it? I think it is. It has yeah. to be. Yeah, something like that. Um, but with Hamilton, they actually took it from Broadway, kept it Broadway, filmed it from Broadway. So it doesn't lose too much, I don't think. It's definitely a different experience when you see it live because it is live action and not just on a screen in front of you. The heightened emotion, emotional fervor that happens live when you watch something on a stage is such a different emotional response that your body is going through. I can definitely agree to that. Um, it's... Let me get my wording right here. Man, I will say, there's no right or wrong. I'm no, just I curious know. how this one succeeded so well, because I feel like it gave me an well, honest the, interpretation. Here's here's where I, um, I have issues with. Um, I enjoyed this because uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, um, but the main reason is because it was the play. It wasn't a adaptation it was the play um with lame is a few years back it was an adaptation it was hollywood actors trying to sing even though you had good singers like um freaking hugh jackman who's done broadway musicals and you know and a director who doesn't know how music and singing actually works so he makes his actors sing sat down folded over from impossible positions to get full air in their lungs exactly so you have that was an adaptation Cats was an abomination, but the 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 fact of the matter is those were adaptations. Those were made to be films. This was the play, but with extra where because this was actually recorded over three different yeah, days. Basically, just different camera angles. Yeah, is all it is. I was wondering how they got all the perfect shots. So they they filmed it on like a Sunday matinee, I think is what it was, and they filmed it with like three different spots in the audience. And then the Monday and the Tuesday, they changed the spots in the audience. So they had all these different um, places that they had film footage for. And then they did they did a lot of close-ups with no audience. That's what I was curious about. Because there were some shots that I couldn't even imagine a camera getting that close without me yeah, and walking it's like, in an audience m- member. <laughs> my thing is, is like, 
I didn't realize that this was over three days after, you know, I, I've been in productions and productions and there's not much that I can tell you that like that something that happens on one night is going to happen on the next night. There are things that should happen exactly the same. That doesn't always mean it's going to happen the same. And You're like, going to take the best take or the funniest take or yeah, whatever to make it. But make it's it still, this felt congruent. This yeah. felt seamless. So I don't know if that's on the editor side of things, the director side of things or what, but this felt like it was all it's one Lynn's night. Fault. All Lynn's fault. All Lynn's fault. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, it's all Lynn's doing. No, you exactly. could even say, but like, I, I want to see th- that's the thing is like, I want to see, you know, lay Miz like this i want to see wicked wicked like i want to see the adina's version of wicked but you know i want to see these these play productions because i can't afford to spend a grand to go see it on broadway but i can afford to spend maybe you know even 50 dollars to see it on my screen and it's it's a completely different experience i will absolutely agree to that mm-hmm. it's much different I, even even using spam a lot in in kind of a weird reference, we've seen um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail a hundred times, and we went and watched it in um, a uh, the Tennessee theater with thousands or not thousands, but a bunch of other fans. And there was times you could not hear the movie itself because everyone was quoting the lines at it. It's like watching um, uh, Rocky, Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show. Don't ever go to a Broadway show with me and my sister. Because you won't hear the show either. <laughs> if it's one that you've already seen. Even if it's not. Okay. <laughs> we'll know the line. <laughs> she okay. was doing that during Wicked. She was doing that during um, Waitress. We recently saw in, uh, I think that was in February. Which is, I want um, to watch. Is that actually a musical? Yes. I didn't know that. So Which good. one? Okay, first so musical or wait, first movie? Waitress was a book turned into a movie. Yeah, turned with, into a musical with Carrie Russell and yes, uh, Nathan Fillion. There is no music. Well, there's no singing along and everything like that in the movie, which I learned afterwards after I borrowed it from my other sister because I wanted to hear all the songs. Oh, again, so it's like um, it, it's like Legally Blonde, where they, it was originally a movie and then they yes. turn it into a musical. Yes, gotcha. Yes, so I saw the musical first and then the movie. So the and movie not is not a musical. <laughs> The movie is not Correct. in. Okay. Okay. I would have been fine with that. We um, saw that one. We saw Fiddler and Julie was quoting the entirety of Fiddler because they did it. 1998 Farragut High School Ooh. auditorium. <laughs> so yeah. she was quoting that one the entire time. And I remember going to try out for our high school's production of Beauty and the Beast. And Beauty and the Beast is my favorite Disney movie. I know all the songs by heart. I know all the inflections by heart. I was going to nail this. I was so ready. I walk in and like, okay, we need you. Everyone's trying out for Belle to sing Change in Me. And I just, I stop breathing. And I'm like, no. There couldn't be a song I don't know because I'd never, ever, ever heard or seen the Broadway version to this point. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna suck. And I sucked it so hard and they made me a dancing napkin instead, which was fine because dancing was my talent and I should have been doing that anyway. Yeah, the dance captain actually fought for you too. I, yeah. I didn't hear the entire thing, but like I heard one of the conversations and like he was like, she can't be here for tech week or she can't be here for like one big day and of tech week. she said, I need like, my napkin. She's the best dancer I have. She's better than me. You need fine. her. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. One night, so. It's fine. It's one night. I'm on the stage for 10 minutes. But, Let me uh, have this. I, I had a very similar ex- experience. And the only reason I got in is because I had uh, what the director said is one of the funniest auditions. 
Um, and if I had a better singing audition, I would have gotten a bigger role. Uh, but I actually practiced me, Gaston's song, for weeks because I thought we got to pick our song. You think yep. like a more traditional one, like, hi, I'm Aaron. On uh, what is it called? <laughs> um, unaffiliated, and I'm going to be singing me from Beauty and the Beast. Dun, 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 dun. You know, like I thought there was gonna be something like that. No, they actually had songs picked out. So I had to like when I heard what song it was gonna be, I had to quickly change. And it wasn't a song that was good for me because at the time I was more of a uh, bass and a baritone. Now at the I- time. Well, now I have a different vocal range. Like I'm more of a baritone and a lower tenor. Like Sarah, I can. Sarah, what hit... do you think he is? I'd have to hear him sing. She's not heard me sing would, since I'm, high school. No, I'm sorry, Aaron. We'd have to hear you sing. Uh, not gonna happen we, right I'm, now. We can't continue uh, the conversation. I don't think you guys have ever even heard me sing, and that's fine. Well, that's then true. the podcast is gonna be done because for tonight, because I'm not gonna sing right oh, now. Good, it's getting close to bedtime. Um, but I back then I I was more comfortable in a bass and a baritone range. Now I can, I can't hit as deeper or as deep of notes as I thought I could back then. I'm more of a baritone lower tenor range. Um, I'm not, I don't think I can get as high as uh, normal tenor. So I'm low, low tenor, but I'm a decent baritone. Um, but I don't even remember what song the guys had to sing. It wasn't even like the best song to choose. It was one of the easier ones, but it was like, this isn't my. Give me me, man. I could give you me, but like it was a, it was a part. Oh, it was the part where Gaston goes to Bell, and there was a, uh, and goes, uh, you're supposed to do a line, you're supposed to do a line, and then someone's supposed to feed you a line. But I stepped on it, but I stepped on it in such a way that like both the director and the uh, musical director like bust out laughing for a few minutes. So I was like, I'll take it. So. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I had a very similar experience. So where were we, where were we started with this? Um, well, I'll tell you where I was going with this. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where we started, but I know where we're going. So this was what my husband was talking about when they said, Aaron and Liz, have you heard go, Have you heard us go on this? Can we go on and on? No. Um, so here's my thinking. It translates well because it's a filmed version of the show as it exists in present day. It's not an adaptation. It's just a different medium. That's why it works so well. So here is the question. Is this a turning point for theater? When you start with something, when you start with a play, a production, a musical that has to make it in theater on Broadway eventually and it gets its backers, it has to be supported through funds by patrons and the patrons are usually old white men who don't want to buck the system too much so you get this in many ways how it's about cats you get in many ways this very avant-garde rap opera featuring a robusto diverse cast and but you made it about the whitest thing of all time the founding <laughs> of america so you take that and you say it's a, it's supposed to be saying and being controversial but in reality, it's maintaining status quo. Here's the thing. The problem with theater is that it's such an expensive commodity that only a select few can ever go and consume it because it's 400 tickets a pop, $500 a ticket. It costs so much to go and see it, to travel there, to watch, which means only the rich get to support it, which again means it has to appeal to that demographic. But this is different. This is taking something that only a very select few people could see in its original format and giving it to everyone is there something 
of value in that, do you think that is more of a bucking of the system than the revolutionary rap opera part? The fact that you can watch this from the comfort of your home as intended without paying $500. Is that going to be a bigger change to the system? I, I hope that the, my answer is, is I hope because I love the theater. I love the musicals. And I think with the, the, the absolute necessity of um, growth or the absolute growth um, or needed growth rather of digital formats or um, live streaming or, um, you know, virtual insert, whatever there um, is absolutely needed because we've had virtual concerts. We've had, virtual conferences we've had virtual conventions you think we're gonna get to virtual plays virtual musicals is this we're, the virtual we're kind musical? of we're kind of i think we're there i really do think we're there because i don't think this was the first virtual one i think this was just recorded but can you imagine if we were able to set up live streaming with different um with different cameras and you know like instead of having Christopher Walken awkwardly stumble through, you know, Captain Hook, we have, you know, Lin Manuel break down and not give up his shot. Oh, you're talking about those ABC ones where they take the thing and say, "Oh, we're gonna remake it with Carrie Underwood." We or yeah, with... we've already had them, right? But with ABC and, and Fox, and they're awful. It's a stunt. It's, it's Carrie not... Underwood trying to do Sound of Music. No, it's a stunt. Yeah. It's a stunt. Let's do, let's do this. So to piggyback a little bit on the Broadway's for the rich and everything, Hamilton actually had a lottery. Yes, for where you could do ten dollars, and basically show up and just fingers crossed that you actually get to go. So they raised funds that way too, to pay for one's ticket instead of just leaving it for the hundred dollar nosebleed the seats. lottery is part like it's baked into broadway tradition you're right yes. the lottery exists for so many uh students of film at nyc mm -hmm. and for people who want to go see ten dollar tickets you can just cross your fingers but i know that there were people who enter the hamilton lottery every single time and never won because the demand was so high meanwhile you see rent three times in a row but never get to go see hamilton yeah um Again, it's more interesting than anything. You know, we had the first movie release digitally with the Trolls 2, and that became a big thing about movie theaters. Now, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who clearly was filming this to release in a $19.99 DVD Blu-ray box set sometime in the future when you would already made all the money off of this, said, no, I'm going to do it now. Now is the time, and it's for everyone, and it's super cheap. And as long as you spend seven bucks a month and then cancel quickly your Disney Plus, if you really don't want to keep it, then you can so, watch it. Hamilton was not available during the free trial for Disney Plus. Yep, they made that very clear that you actually <laughs> ten like the very minimum day they stopped offering free trial for Disney Plus, so no one could watch it for free. You had to pay money to watch it. So we I are pay still money and pay money and pay money. We're all still capitalists. And that's the in thing the too is like uh, I remember uh, when it was announced that Disney Plus was going to be a thing. Um, I was like, well, it depends on if they have certain things. And then they started announcing what they're going to have. I'm like, okay, 
this is going to be worthwhile. And when they said Hamilton is coming to Disney Plus, I'm like, thank God I already have it because I would have bought. I would have been like, hey Liz, we're getting Disney Plus like now. I remember I'm we paying got it, for it. We got it because Disney, and we're such Disney whores. But uh, the Mandalorian was honestly the biggest thing. Like everyone was obsessed. Or like they're like, oh, this is gonna be so good. This is gonna be so good. And Liz and I were like, we just want to watch like disney shows and like we want to watch treasure yeah. planet on repeat we want to watch tangled and series and xenon yeah <laughs> like here's zoom, here's zoom, my zoom. thing boom, boom, boom. here's what i want I, like disney plus if you're listening to this or disney corporation if you're listening to this which they you're absolutely are. not they always are listen to everything well yeah because especially because this is gonna be about hamilton if you're listening to this bring on the disney xd shows you cowards Aaron's very mad that the new DuckTales season hasn't come on Disney. No, no that, that's this, not even what I'm talking about. This is I'm not talking the about, first time I've heard about this. I'm talking about Kick Butt-towski. I'm talking about I'm with the band. I'm talking about um, other great shows. You freaking millennial. These were some amazing shows that were not given the time of day because Disney just has these weird, like, I don't love them as much. Oh, yeah. I don't love my child anymore, so I'm going to give him the 7 a.m. on Tuesday slot. You know, those shows. Yeah, like, I, like uh, I've seen a meme of uh, Arrested Development, and it's like, I love my children equally. I don't love Blah as much. And it's uh, Disney. It's, I love all my children equally. I don't love the Muppets that much. <laughs> well, those poor Muppets. Are they ever going to catch a break? <laughs> yeah. So my, uh, I, I, like, they absolutely need to bring Di- more Disney XD shows because I'm pretty sure DuckTales is a Disney XD show now, but that's just that's a na- brand new show. You need to watch it, Sarah, because guess who's on DuckTales? I mean, that's exciting. <laughs> You're not gonna win her on this one, babe. I love him. I would not go like sock after him. I would not seek him out. Yes. Yes. I will appreciate anything he is in, and he shares his talent because if his cars broke down huh, on the side of the road, she'll I'd definitely him help up. him out. <laughs> I'd pick him up and probably just take him home. But you know, how do I say no to this? <laughs> I ain't biking it. How do I say no? Oh gosh, okay. That's a song too. Boom. You know, as we go, you know, you pick up Lin Manuel Miranda and you're driving down the street and you turn a corner and Sarah, you and I are turning into a corner that we I haven't seen in a very long time. That's right. It's the feminist corner because we're going to talk about some ladies for just a minute because I have a theory and I want to know if I'm on spot Alrighty. at all or if this is something that everyone knows. I like theories. Okay. So here's my thing. So we're watching Hamilton. It's called Hamilton. You know, you know, you've seen the show. Uh, and it's going along, and we have this beautiful woman, Eliza, who's too kind and loving. Who is kind and loving, not too. She just is. And uh, is rightfully pissed when her husband just sleeps with random tail instead of just coming up and spending time with her. She, he, he is, she doesn't know, but he is in love with her sister. All these bad things. She, she writes herself out of the narrative. She burns his letters. History doesn't own me and my love and my heart. It's not for sale. And then at the end... We see Hamilton confront Eliza as his gun is drawn, as Aaron Burr is about to shoot him. And he's like, I'll, I'll see you soon. And he dies. And you think, wait a minute. This is about him. He died. Where's the rest of the show? I know he died, but, you th- but there's still show going on. What's happening? And then we cut 
to who tells our story and the, the echo and the refrain, who lives, who dies, who tells our story, because all that matters is who was around to tell it. And then Eliza comes back out and says, I told your story. I lived for 40 more years and I interviewed all your friends and everyone you ever worked with. And I wrote myself back into the narrative to make sure that your legacy was preserved. And I built this orphanage so I could treat beautiful orphan children like you and make sure that they grew up and knew love. And at the end, she turns and she sees the audience and she gasps and weeps. And it strikes me, Sarah, that this show kind of isn't about Alexander Hamilton at all. When you think about it, it's really about Eliza Hamilton because she was the one who survived to tell the world who her husband even was. He died too young. He couldn't. And she was the one who wrote herself back in and brought him to life. So, twist, Eliza lied. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, I'm just <laughs> My heart! <laughs> I'm just kidding. So there's actually a whole thing... Um, there's a lot of different ways to interpret Eliza's gasp. It's See, a I knew you knew things. Thing. Tell me, yes. tell me. So I'm just going to read this verbatim because I didn't read it beforehand, so I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, it was at the very, it was at the end of a very long list. Um, so at the end of Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story, Eliza sings about her quest to ensure Hamilton's legacy. And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell your story? Oh, I can't wait to see you again. It's only a matter of time. Alexander takes her hand, leads her around the stage, and then she steps to the edge of the stage, looks up, and gasps. Which, spoiler alert, sorry again. Sorry again. It's all good. If you haven't seen Hamilton by this point... You, you can probably, now. <laughs> you you basically just had her run down. Um, so, the moment isn't written to the script. Um, Hamilton fans have long debated um, what the gasp means. Some think that it's Eliza has died and is seeing Hamilton waiting for her on the other side. Um, others believe what Eliza is seeing is the audience itself... And the gasp is Eliza understanding that she succeeded in passing succeeded in passing on his story. That was my interpretation that's, when I saw it. That's kind of how I took it as well. Um, it's bigger in the overarching theme. I mean, it could be a Titanic ending. She dies yeah. in her sleep and she goes and sees everyone on the boat. But I think it's better if I don't she. It's know how she died actually. Uh, true. Uh, yeah. No. She, no. No. She didn't die in the Titanic. Like the end of the Titanic. No. 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 <laughs> no sorry. I don't know how Eliza like passed right. away at the in the end of her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was my interpretation of it, because you're right, it is ambiguous, and I think deliberately so, but I think it ties into the theme of stories and how important it is that someone does share them, and who that narrator is after, you know, we see Aaron Burr is made the villain of your story, all that stuff. But yeah, I feel like it's very much Aaron, like a... That Doctor Who episode where Vincent Van Gogh comes to the future oh, and sees his God, artwork in the gallery yeah. and realizes he was so influential to the world and it was and he cries because he didn't think that he was that but he was. Yeah, he thought he'd never get to live to see that he he would not get to live to see the day that his artwork is appreciated, but um, them bringing him to modern times and having you know, uh, what's-his-face, go on and rants and rants and rants and rants about how amazing his artwork was and how amazing of an artist he is uh, or was uh, just wasn't is an amazing moment. If you've never watched it, even if you don't like Doctor Who, watch that moment because it is a beautiful, beautiful moment. Um, so with the gasp, though, it is all up into interpretation because every single girl who plays Eliza is going to gasp different and everyone's going to have a different partake on that one. Because the one I saw live, obviously it wasn't 
this actress because it was a touring show. But her gasp was very minimal to what it was. And it, it didn't resonate to me as much as the Disney Plus version did. I didn't even, like, think about it until I saw the Disney Plus version. It wasn't one of those things that I second-guessed of, like, oh, what did that gasp actually mean? It was I, it was more like a sigh of relief, almost. Oh, in hers. So it could, like, it really is just up to that specific actress and that specific director for those shows. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, so Liz told me that, You've said the whole theory, right? Yeah. yeah. Liz told me about this that, theory. That the Hamilton they're referring to is Eliza because regardless of how important Alexander was, if someone hadn't told his story, he wouldn't be here. Yeah, Liz told me about this last night. Um, and it's like, it it does hold actually a lot of water, especially because like the whole lines of who lives, who dies, who tells your story. And in reality, Hamilton does, or Alexander Hamilton dies you know, he dies at the end of the play, but he does die a little bit earlier. There's still the about... fact that Lin Manuel wrote himself out, and that he doesn't get any final lines or any final song about what has happened to him and what his whole life so meant. He didn't even know if he wanted to play Alexander or Aaron Burr, so it wasn't even he wasn't writing it for himself. He was literally writing the story. Okay, so he didn't. I don't know when he decided like. Well, you know, we're all talking about our favorite characters. Lin-Manuel Miranda is great, and obviously he wrote a great musical, but I don't think he's anyone's it was, favorite character. It was too obvious. <laughs> it was too, yeah. too obvious. <laughs> like, he he does hold his own. He's a fantastic rapper for who he is. He does not hold his own to some of the rappers in... I feel like he like chose La- people who are yes. so immensely talented that he couldn't possibly hold a candle yeah. to them. Like Lafayette broke records with his raps. I think um, there was one statistic I saw. It was 20,000 words, which averaged like 144 words per minute Oof. throughout the entire show. It's That's fast. And this actor a does words. a great job with it, too. Um, I actually have a meme I'm going to share with you, Sarah, that I want you to look at and more. We're actually going to kind of end the show on this because it is so goddamn it is perfect, um, because of what's happening right now. And just, uh, I, 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 I'm hyping it up too much. So, um, I think we can uh, enter into kind of final thoughts and then I'll, uh, I'll shoot it to Sarah's way. Cause I want to hear, I want to get her reaction live. All right. Uh, Sarah, as our guest, you get first crack final thoughts on hamilton first crack final thoughts i'm probably gonna watch it tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) it'll be only three times this week i watched it sunday and then monday yeah because you you posted about the status of like watching half of it and then having to fall asleep oh yes we decided and i was like we tried to watch it friday night and we just started it way too late and i have a bedtime (laughs) and that bedtime's like nine o'clock i was like Oh no, is she gonna want to watch it with us again? And then, like, I think I heard you say something about watching it a second time. She's fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm imagining this all taking place in like the late '90s, early aughts, and you renting out the copy of Hamilton at the Blockbuster and never returning (laughs) it, and just keep rerun, 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 rerun. I would be owning it. I would try to. burn that copy so i could have multiple just in case yeah like that that's when you that like one. you go buy the uh the vhs to vhs recorder oh, or like oh we had one. Oh, we had one um all right so liz i really ended up enjoying it 
I think that we didn't even get to talking about how Hamilton today reads differently than Hamilton five years ago just because of the climate in which it was released. And I don't hold that against Lin-Manuel Miranda, and he doesn't either, to be sure. He's looked at criticism today of watching it because it's a different world that we're living in right now and saying, it's valid. It wasn't from this time. Things have changed. It's okay for you to look at this and say, you know, maybe it takes too, uh, too beautific, too uh, um, beautiful and nice a look at American history that, it, you know, the American dream really is attainable and that it's pretty positive about the American experiment, even as so many terrible things are going with it right now. But even with that, even with knowing that there's a little bit of cynicism going on with it right now, I really enjoyed the music. I really enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed that it played with my emotions and it did not go where I thought it was going to go. Uh, I loved all of the actors, the dancing, the choreography, the moving stage. Every part of this that makes something a play worth seeing in real life was at uh, top of the class. So I give it a thumbs up. Absolutely go see it. So with that, too, I love the fact that it didn't answer all the questions because they wanted you to go research it yourself, too. I actually definitely looked up tidbits and stuff later on afterwards. Like, how did that that character come into play? How did he die? Where did he go to? Because he just kind of disappears. It's like, I looked up more yeah. stuff on, like, Charles Lee because he was such a short character and, like, a little <laughs> puny bitch. Um, <laughs> I was like, I got to learn more information about him. And all that stuff. It's careful that it doesn't pass moral judgment. It's not us looking back at the past and saying, this person was right and this person was wrong. It's saying, these people were human. And here's all the ways they messed up in all their beautiful human glory and forgave each other in all their human glory. And it, it takes a very good, like you said, Sarah, it lets you say, I need, to know, I need to know more. I need to understand more and make my own opinion. All right, Aaron, have you sent your meme? No, I know. Uh, I have to do final my final. No, I, no, I thought you sent it so you could be ready for. Never no, mind. no, I want to. I want to hear your reaction because it's just it's so goddamn perfect. Okay. Um. No, my final thought. Uh, my final thought is definitely. Um. I didn't know really what to expect. Um. We have a Viner that we really like. Uh, Thomas Sanders. He's made multiple Hamilton references. Uh, we have a, a podcast that we're huge fans of that we, you've probably heard us mention multiple times. Um, my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, uh, Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda is actually a huge fan of that podcast and came onto the podcast before. Uh, actually, when In the Heights had just finished, and um, or at least its initial run. And when he was still writing Hamilton. Which is to say, we know everything about Hamilton except Hamilton. Yeah, we, 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 we knew. We came in from the, all the wrong directions one can get interested in a musical. Yeah, like, like I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, and I love musicals, and I like memes about Hamilton, or I like other people referencing Hamilton, but I've never really liked Hamilton. But I going, watched it for the memes. But... <laughs> I, I I have to admit I kind of watch I've seen some things like that uh, I have watched things in my life just for the memes. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was amazingly done both on a technical side of things, um, but it was well done all around. Um, it was well directed and well edited for you know the streaming service, but it was also well acted 
and well thought of in a stage production sense. It was well written. It's just, it was well done. Um, I can understand why everyone likes it. I can understand why everyone talks about it. I can understand why there's a thousand one memes. I'm going now. And like, I, I've been sending them to Sarah today. I'm like, have you seen this meme? Have you seen this meme? Have you seen this meme? Like I keep finding them like, Hey Sarah. Hey Sarah. Wrong group chat. Yeah. Wrong group <laughs> chat. Sorry. So, sorry, John. But it's like, I don't think John enjoyed it nearly as much. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, John did watch it with us at the end. He said, well, I don't really like history. So it was okay. I guess. Like I'm glad I watched it. Wouldn't watch it again. Those were his words. Yep. John has a way of, getting things overhyped in his head or he John doesn't succumb to hype. Yeah. He does not play by hype's rules. He yeah. Um not not trying to call him out by any means, but he definitely has a um All right, we're done ragging. Send us okay. a dank meme. All right. So <laughs> uh so as I send this to them, uh I I really do appreciate you guys uh listening. Uh, be sure to check us out on Patreon and on iTunes. You got to look at it with her. Uh, it has the word I hate in it. Um, <laughs> and uh, and be sure to check out our Facebook if you have not. Uh, if you're listening on just iTunes or on SoundCloud, or if you're uh, if you found us through Facebook, be sure to check out either iTunes or SoundCloud. And um, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I would love to post this uh, this meme that we are talking about, but it's a little political, so I'm not going to. Why don't you read out loud in his voice what it says? Oh, um, he didn't have a list, so drop that. Yeah, so just be beautiful. We must reopen despite COVID because I love America so much. And when push comes to shove, I will kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.